welcome again. So glad you are here. If you have a Bible or a smartphone with your Bible app on it, all this high-tech stuff, go ahead and start finding Hebrews chapter 11. I'm so excited that we finally got to Hebrews chapter 11. So, so excited. You're going to see why in a minute. Maybe some of you know what's in there, but it's going to be a great, a great time. So glad you're here with us. Thomas Merton, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, Dallas Willard, Eugene Peterson, Henry Nowen, C.S. Lewis. Who are these folks? Some of you may have heard a few of their names. At least for me, these are people that have spoken strongly in my life, even though I've never met any of them. These are followers of Jesus, some of them were pastors, other leaders, writers, thinkers. Some of them were monks in a monastery. These are followers of Jesus who have passed on. But they have left a legacy that is still speaking into my life and probably maybe countless others. Their testimonies, what they lived through, what they accomplished, the things that they wrote about, the things that they were thinking of, how they prayed. These have influenced my life. Now, that's a pretty broad group of people that I just listed. Anybody ever hear of those folks? A few of them? Who's read some C.S. Lewis out there? Come on, if you're a follower of Christ, mere Christianity. You've you got to read mere Christianity. That's one of those, I mean, that's like ground zero. C.S. Lewis wrote that. But maybe you, maybe you are familiar with a few other those, those names. But these are people that have spoken in my life. And I think about one of them on that list. This is a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Now, this is a, a leader. He was a pastor in Germany when the Third Reich was beginning to take power. And the Nazi party began to yield its muscle in Germany and Europe. And this pastor was seeing what was going on and it was bothering him. And many of the pastors in Germany were either taking a blind eye to it or not saying anything, or some were even as bold to say that somehow Hitler was part of God's plan. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was losing his mind over this craziness. In fact, so much so that he was actually studying in America. He was a German pastor who left Germany and was studying in the United States and when he began to see what was going on in his own country, he returned. He was killed at age 39 in a prison camp. And depending on which account you read, the soldiers that killed him did it out of spite because the Allies were only a few days away. But his life and legacy continues to speak a person who said, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus, and this stuff ain't right. And he was going to be bold enough to say something about it. I want you to learn his story because the things that he did are unbelievable. The things that they were trying to accomplish. A pastor in Germany. He wrote a book during his life called The Cost of Discipleship. And if you've never read that book, it's a powerful, powerful book. But listen to what he says about grace. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. 
Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. He was a guy that put his faith on the line, even at personal risk. And in his case, it ended with his own death. I encourage you to read his story. And as tragic as it is, and the fact that he died that way, his life speaks volumes to what it takes to be courageous and and, and be outspoken about your faith. And when you see injustice, to say something about it. They're powerful witnesses to me, and maybe that can be an encouragement to you too. These people were such an encouragement, and they still inspire. And I think that's true for us. People do inspire us by faith. You think about people that maybe you admire in your, that, 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 have, that have been you know, some, some faithful people in your life. Maybe it was a, a grandparent or someone like that or someone in, of influence in the community. You, you've seen their faith and it inspires you. I mean, we're inspired by adventurers and, and people that attempt things that are just crazy. Leaders and missionaries that kind of lean in and, and, and by faith take big risks because of how much they love Jesus. Is there someone in your life that you're thinking about right now? Someone that maybe's passed on, but someone that still, still speaks to your life. Is there someone like that that you're thinking of? Well, this series that we've been in uh, is called Better. And if you've been with us, this is, I think, episode 11, something like that. It's been a great journey. And uh, if you've missed any of those episodes, you can catch up on our podcast and all that technical stuff. But this journey has been amazing. And we've been learning that Jesus is better than everything. And a few weeks ago, we learned that, you know, not, not only is Jesus the better way, he's the only way. And through faith, we get access to the wonders of inheritance, and we have full assurance that God is able to do everything that he promises. And so today, we're going to look at some examples of faith, of faithful people, and we're going to be inspired by them. So hopefully you found Hebrews chapter 11. Let's uh, pause for a word of prayer and then we'll launch into the scriptures. Father, we come before you with humility and anticipation. We want to hear from you. We want your Holy Spirit to move in this room. We know that whenever two or three are gathered, you do a powerful thing. So Lord, we're, we're, we're yearning for that this morning. And so Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and speak to us by the power of your word through these, through these stories of faith. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Remember last weekend, we were encouraged to not give up to not shrink back, but to press forward by faith, even when we're tempted to call it quits. And the writer was telling us, hold fast to your confidence. He'll, he'll say that over and over again, hold fast to that confidence because it's worth it. Your confidence is worth it. The assurance of faith is powerful. And that's what we were just talking about last weekend. And now we turn to the who's who of faith. One commentator called this like the sweet 16 of faith. There's about 16 names in here. And uh, let's let's just read it down. So starting with verse uh, 1 of chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, uh, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. By faith, get used to that phrase, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain 
through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, yet he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should, should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, here we go again, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. You guys are going to have this memorized. By faith. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little slow yet. By faith, Abraham. We've got to talk about Abraham. It's Bible stuff. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, uh, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Hang on to that. By faith, thank you, Sarah herself, received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, <laughs> were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as, and as innumerable uh, as grains of sand by the seashore. These all died, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For the people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land where they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city by faith. Abraham, we return to him. When he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it, had, it was said, through Isaac, so shall your offspring be named. He considered, listen to this, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, which, from which actually, figuratively, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau, by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the, ex of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith... When he was grown up, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ, hang on to that, greater, than, greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking, once again, for 
to that reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as, as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover, sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might, might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For, for time would fail to, for me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore... Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That is the Bible's Hall of Fame chapter of faith right there. If that was your first time, there you go. Now, you notice I didn't stop at the end of 11 because, again, that's a, that was an editor's choice on when the chapters start and begin. But I felt like we needed to cap that off with, therefore, we're surrounded by those great cloud of witnesses and that encouragement to lay aside those things that are hindering us to run the race set before us. Run it with endurance. And I love that statement about how Jesus, for the joy set before him, I can't even believe the scriptures call it that, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he was thinking of us. That's a powerful part of scripture, isn't it? All those names, all those stories. In fact, some of the, the mentions in there of, you know, like people walking around in skins. We don't get to know their names, but likely that was a, a call to the first century. In many ways, some Christians, because it was illegal, were actually put in gladiator games. And some of them had to put on skins, and they were like supposed to be moving targets, food for whatever crazy beast that they unleashed on them. I mean, crazy things that they went through. But by faith, they were commended. All those names... Now, if you're familiar with some of them, they're kind of in a little bit of, uh, there's some groups there. You know, first you got the, the patriarchal period, if you want to call it that. And that's, you know, you got you to talk about Abraham. He's like a Bible, a Bible superhero. You got Abraham and then Isaac and Jacob. And there's that kind of funny story of, of you know, Abraham's wife, Sarah. And, and they were both like, 
Scripture say they were both kind of dead, meaning that they were so old, ain't nothing going to be happening with the biological thing. They're not going to be reproducing, and God did a miracle there. That's an interesting story, too. If you don't know the, the stories of Abraham and Sarah, there's some interesting deals there where she's like laughing at God, and Abraham's like, no, you laughed at God. Anyway, I, I, I digress. But those are interesting stories. But they were, you know, Abraham, Sarah, I, they, 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 they were, you know, commended by their faith, right? Now, then, then you get to the Mosaic period. And the Mosaic period's, you know, big story there, too. You got Moses, you know, grew up in the house of, you know, Egypt, and uh, he was royalty, and, and uh, you know, then at some point he realized, well, I'm actually not an Egyptian. I'm actually one of these Hebrew folks. And, and you get this whole interaction where he decided rather than just continue with the, you know, Egyptian royalty, he ditched it all so he could be identified with his people. And that whole story unfolded. And, of course, you got the, the Exodus and the Red Sea. And these are all great narratives that the writer is recalling for us. Now, some of these you may not recognize. And that's Okay. I mean, once we get past, like, the Mosaic period, you know, with Moses and, and all the, you know, Joseph and that sort of thing, then you move into some other periods of time. And, in fact, uh, there's several names here that happened during what you could arguably say was Israel's darkest time. We call it the period of Judges. And some of you that have done, like, Bible readings, you know, you'll start in the Old Testament, and you'll start with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, by the time you get to Judges, you're like, what in the world is going on? If you've ever read Judges, there's just all kinds of crazy in the book of Judges. And so several of those folks were people who, who were commended by their faith during that dark period of, of Israel. In fact, several times in the book of Judges, if you read it, that time is sort of summed up by the phrase, the people did what was, anybody? Right in their own eyes. Modern translation, if it feels good, do it. That, that was that time, and it was a very dark time. I mean, some, some crazy weird stuff happened, but there were some people that had glimmers of faith that God was commending and the writers commending in that chapter. But all of these, the scriptures say, died without seeing the full fulfillment of the promises. Right? So they were holding on, like our writer said, they were holding fast to their confidence that God is who he says he's going to be. He's going to show up at some point, even if it's not during my lifetime. That's what God was commending. So we get this amazing statement of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Assurance. Total trust. Not it might be true, I'm trusting that it's true. That God is going to come through. And it's a confidence in that trust. So, so faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Remember, when Noah was building the ark, it won't rain in. There was no rain coming down. And that was a big construction project. Likely he looked like a big fool. The scriptures say, hey, he, God told him what was coming, but it was as yet unseen. And he trusted God. Have you ever had to trust God when you don't get to see the full picture? Have you ever placed your trust in him? And that's what these folks had to do because they never got to see the full you know, ending of it all. They never got to see the, the rest of the story. We got these people, Rahab. And I feel bad about Rahab. Again, this was during, well, it was a little bit before the time of Judges, but when, when the nation of Israel, Moses had passed away, his protege Joshua was kind of leading the pack, 
And you get into this idea where, where the, the nation of Israel's got to relocate to the, the promised land, but the thing is there were people there. So there was this conquest going on. So Joshua was this great leader. And one of the first cities they get to, one of the first key cities is this place called Jericho. Some of you, you've heard the, have you heard the story? Who's, who's heard the story of Jer- Jericho? A little bit, okay? It's a very odd story. I mean, you got this military leader and God's like, what I want you to do is walk around the city. You, you mean, you want, me to, you want us to attack? Okay, we'll get our swords ready. No, no, actually. I'd prefer the musicians go with you. And we're going to circle the city seven times. I can imagine Joshua going, uh, they didn't train, train us to do that, you know, back in military school. We're walking around the city. But during that whole thing, before they actually get to that part, and by the way, spoiler alert, the walls come down. God does this great miracle. I would imagine most of the military guys are like, and we don't, we don't get to do anything? God's just going to do this for us anyway. But what happened before that was kind of this interesting story where this gal named Rahab, uh, she happens to be a prostitute, and she basically helps the spies kind of spy on the city. And that, that little act saved her whole family. But I just kind of feel bad because forever she's known as Rahab the... I feel like, can we give her an upgrade now? I don't know. She did some pretty cool stuff. And we, but that's a story that's in this kind of this, this, this hall of fame of faith. Rahab the prostitute. And yeah, you might know a little bit about David and some of the miracles he did. I mean, there's that whole, you know... Five smooth stones and the taken out of the Goliath giant. That may sound familiar. That was kind of a big deal. And you got little David running up to the battle line. You got this nine foot tall giant who's going to pommel him. And it's kind of insulted that the, the army of Israel is sending out this little kid. And that's kind of a cool story. It's David showing faith. So we know some of the stories, but here's my question for you Do you think these people were perfect? Do you think they had it all together? I mean, they are mentioned in the Bible. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. I think if you're mentioned in the Bible, you're entitled to a 25% discount at local retailers. If your name is in there, that's a big deal. I mean, 16, even, 16 or so of them get their names in there. Were these people perfect? Did they have everything together? I mean, do you know the story of David? How, how about Samson? That crazy guy. The big buff guy that kind of a womanizer. Uh, these people weren't, point is, they weren't perfect. They, they, didn't, they didn't have it all together. And God wasn't commending them because they were perfectly living the human life. He commends them for their faith. When they showed faith, even when it was going to cost them or it was going to be kind of risky. And I wonder sometimes about you and me. If God sometimes calls us to do something kind of crazy or risky, how willing are we to trust him? When things get difficult, how, how willing are you to trust God? When, a, when you lose someone you love, when, when that doctor note comes in and it wasn't what you expected, when that marriage feels rocky, when your career's not working, the school you wanted to go to, they didn't let you in. When those moments happen, how are you at trusting God? You see, these people, most of them died without seeing the full, you know, Promise fulfilled. They were just holding on, trusting, had assurance 
that God is who he says he is, and he's good, and even if I, don't figure, I can't figure it all out, I'm going to trust God anyway. That's a hard thing to do when you're going through something rough. Some of you are going through some stuff right now. It's super hard to hold on. Now, a writer, remember, he's already encouraged us several times, hold fast, don't give up, it's worth it. There's a reward. You see, the, the writer kind of told us a little hints of, of things. They were looking for a, a city that God designed. They were looking for new heavens and new earth. They were looking for what's next. They had a reward coming. So that was part of their driver. They're going to trust God, knowing that this may not be good right now, but there is a new city. There is a new new creation waiting, even if I don't get to see it in my lifetime. They were not perfect. Now, here's what, let's, do a raise, let's do some interaction here. Who has heard at least one of those names on that list? Okay, it's good. Hey, keep your hands up. How many people know all of those people on that list? Okay, ooh, we have some Bible scholars amongst us. All right, so keep it up. Like, okay, so how many know the, the, the faith in all of those stories? Do you know them well enough to know how Barak showed faith or Jephthah showed faith? Those are a little bit obscure, right? Who's, who's heard of those people? They're kind of obscure. Again, now, those were, in those, in those cases, you know, they're kind of in the same time period of Israel. Those two people that I just mentioned, Barak and Jephthah, they were uh, both had to trust God for military help. And it was a dark time in Israel. And remember, you know, Israel is supposed to kind of rout out people, and they didn't quite do that right. But these two particular stories, Barak and Jephthah, they were both kind of in the military realm. And they were, they were trusting God to get them the victory. And uh, I, I got to tell you, m- one of my struggles with this whole faith chapter, and this is something I'm wrestling with, part of the reason why I trust Scripture so much, because if you and I were editing the Bible, we would probably leave some stuff out. You ever thought of that? There's probably some stuff, you know, especially like you're talking with someone about your faith. And you're like, oh, have you ever read the Bible? And they're talking about Bible stuff, and then you start realizing, oh, yeah, there's that story. Oh, there's that one. Uh, you know, someone says, well, if I'm new to the Bible, so tell me where to start reading. I probably wouldn't have them start with Genesis. You know what I'm saying? There's some tough stuff in the Bible. And this is one of those stories. Jephthah is one of those stories for me. If you have your Bible, you can look at it or look it up later. Write this down. Judges chapter 11. I already said it's a dark time. Some funky stuff was going on. The, the nation of Israel that was supposed to be the people of God, they have walked away from God. They're doing whatever feels good at the moment. And uh, so there's just, you know, some small glimmers of hope that happen in the book of Judges. But this guy, Jephthah, okay, so God, God's going to give him this victory, and they're kind of working on this, and and he says, you know what, God, have you ever said something out loud and you wish you could pull it back? I'm pointing at myself because that happens all the time. As you can see, it's a danger of the work I do. But Jephthah... These are words you wish he could have pulled back. Because Jephthah, and again, God didn't push him to this. And again, it's a weird time. This military victory. He says, you know, God, if you give me the victory, some of you know this story. If you give me the victory, I will. Have you ever made a deal with God? Hmm, be careful there. God, give me patience. Watch out on that one. So, God, if you'll give me this victory, I will... And this is where it gets dicey. I will offer as a burnt sacrifice whatever's the first thing to come greet me when I get home. That was not a smart move on his part. 
Can we say that? Can we just admit that? It was a very rash thing. Now I'm figuring, okay, this time period, if you were wealthy, what did you have a lot of? Animals, cattle, you know, camels, I don't know, uh, sheep, goats, the whole deal. You got, you got chickens in the front yard. Um, and so he was probably thinking, you know, I'm just kind of helping him here. He was probably thinking some animal is going to be the first thing I see, right? Figured, you know, no big deal. It's going to be a goat or whatever. Or he was probably even praying it was a cat. So he's praying that something's going to meet him. I'm thinking it was the cat. But anyway, it's going to come meet him. And if you know this story, the first person to come meet him, anybody? His daughter. Ugh. Can't really get my mind around that, okay? Can't get my mind around that. And, and what's interesting is his daughter shows great faith. We don't really get to know much about her, but she's like, well, you, you said this to the Lord. And I'm guessing Jephthah did this very loudly, out loud, to whoever was around. So he had to fulfill that, right? You know, it's an honor culture or whatever in the Middle East. So he had to do it. But his daughter shows great faith. And said, you know, you said you, you honor, offered that to God, and, and you should fulfill that. And wow, I can't even... I mean, for, for years after that, like the nation of Israel, like celebrated Jephthah, Jephthah's daughter because she showed great faith. Wow. I mean, I can't even, again, these weren't people that were perfect is my point. <laughs> they didn't have it all together. But what was commendable was their faith. that They trusted God. You know, even Jesus himself in his, in his experiences and his teachings, you know, he said, you know, if, even if you have faith that's like super small, it can do big, big things. I think he said, even if you have a small faith, it can like move mountains and stuff. Small faith can do huge things. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Just a little bit of faith. These people were commended for their faith. Now, as we're going through that, I kind of pause for a second on this whole interaction with Moses. Did you see something there as the writer was talking about Moses, and certainly Moses is a superhero, if you know the Old Testament, Moses is like he should have an S on his, or an M, whatever, on his chest, because he was just, you know, did all these amazing things. But there's a connection to someone in Moses' story. Did you catch it? Who was it? Jesus. Remember it said, you know, Moses, in, in verse 25, right? Moses, you know, he, de he decided to be identified with his people rather than just do the momentary pleasures of sin or whatever, right? I'll read it, okay. Uh, so he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he regarded, check this out. This is like blowing me away. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. Did you catch that? Moses, like, a long time, like 1,500 years before Jesus literally walked the earth, what does Moses do? Did you catch that? Let me, let me just read that again because you're as blown away as I am. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. There's a connection between Moses and Jesus. What? Mind blown. Remember, Moses was like the enactor of the first covenant, right? Now, Jesus, you know, is the author of the second covenant or the, the, the greater covenant, right, that superseded the first covenant's obsolete. But isn't that interesting that the writer here connects the two? 
Moses, and Jesus. Covenant one, final covenant. Isn't that interesting? Now some of you are like, ah, I don't know about that. Uh, case in point. If you know the scriptures, there's a moment when Jesus, during his ministry, he has a spiritual Skype call with Moses. And Jesus recognized him. What? Matthew 17, look it up. Check me out on this. Matthew 17, they're having this little powwow. And, you know, what's interesting about, I think, the way that the, the Bible moves through the, the ancient lands of, of Egypt, or of, of the Middle East, anyway, you keep going to these same places over and over again. I always wondered, like, that, that would be a study I think would be interesting is you follow, you know, the entire story of the Old Testament and how many times they come to the same mountains. Ark rested on. Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai. You know what I mean? Like all the high places, it'd be interesting to see how many stories go back to some of those same places. Even Abraham leaving his home and going to the Middle East where he was supposed to be in ancient Israel. That was going to be one day the promised land. These, these roads were walked many, many times before, but... In Matthew 17, Jesus has his kind of inner, inner three with them, Peter, James, and John. And they're having this moment on this mount. I think they call it the Mount of Transfiguration. There's probably, you know, a plaque in the Middle East that probably has that on there, I would guess. But they're having this little spiritual Skype call. And who shows up on the call? I already gave you away. One of them was Moses. Who's the other one? Elijah. You guys are Bible scholars. Elijah. Great story. If you don't know the story of Elijah, you need to go find it because he shows some faith. But those two are in this Skype spiritual call and Jesus recognizes them and they're having this conversation. We don't know much of that conversation, but I'm dying to know what they talked about. Think about that. Remember, we already got this connection between Moses and Jesus. So Jesus recognized Mo. They're having this conversation, but we don't get much from the three disciples that were there. I mean, Peter's like, hey, let's make a... He's spouting off as he usually does, but they're having this conversation. What are they talking about? Like, is Moses going, oh, that's what this is all about. You're going to do the, oh, okay, you're going to go to the, oh, I get it now. I would love to know their conversation. I'm guessing Frank Barnett's having that conversation right now, and I'm skipping out on that. I'm so sad. I will catch up. What is happening in that conversation where where Moses is saying, oh, you're, you're going to be this, you're, this is going to be a new covenant, you're going to go to the cross, oh, now I get it. I don't know, I'm just making that up, but I feel like that's an important call, but there's a connection between Jesus, the new covenant, and Moses, the obsolete covenant, but there's a connection. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? It's like God had this story figured out way ahead of time. Huh, figure that out, way before we all figured it out. These folks were not without issues, but God commended them for their faith. They had, obviously, some of them had big difficulties. Some of them had great victories, but they showed faith, and that's been always the way it is. I think that's why the writer keeps coming back to this. It's always been by faith. How many times was that phrase in there as we read the scripture? It's always been by faith. Not about how good you are, your pedigree, your bloodline, always been by faith. That is what pleases God is by faith that we trust him and stay faithful even when it's difficult. To, to hold fast to our confidence, full assurance that God is who he says he is. Even if I don't, can't figure it out, God's got our back on this. 
And our faith is joined with those in the first century and it's joined with all those through time who hung on to God's promises by faith. And together we're made complete. So ultimately, the question for us is, and for you, like where's your faith at? How is it when things are difficult, do you trust God? Do you, you say, God, you're in charge even if I don't get this. Some of you are dealing with some pretty rough stuff. Again, it could be loss of, of, of a spouse or, or, or change of career, or loss of a job. It could be that, that you're facing something difficult, a, you know, a diagnosis from the doctor, marriage trouble, kids are going crazy, or kids are leaving home and you're feeling like you're feeling lonely. There may be some things that you're going through. And the question is for us, like them, can we, can we learn from their example and hold on tight with faith, trusting that God is who he says he's going to be and he's going to fulfill his promises? Can we hold on by faith? That's what the writer's been trying to get us to do. Full assurance, hold fast, because it's worth it. What were all these folks looking for? They were trusting God. Even when their circumstances weren't super, they were looking for that new city the designer and builder is God, to be part of God's kingdom family one day, together, with us. That's what they were hoping for. We get to enjoy God's presence here and the not yet. That's what's keeping us moving and motivated by assurance. And that's my only point today. My only point is this. Learn these stories. Learn their stories. Some of you, that may be your homework for a while. You know, this fall, make it your aim to know if I were to grab you and talk to you about something, say, hey, how did Brock show faith? You'd be able to tell me. Learn their stories and imitate their faith. Some of their stories are bright and have victory. Others of them, they held on, trusting that God is going to fulfill his promises one day. Learn their stories, imitate their faith. You know, here we got the scriptures telling us over and over again, it's not perfect people, it's imperfect people who trust God. And remember, even with just a little bit of faith, crazy awesome things can happen. Jesus said, even if you just have a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. So that's the challenge for us, is to, to learn their stories and imitate their faith. And how to do all that is to keep our eyes focused on the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. To keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. These are great examples. We can learn from them. They were imperfect people, but we can learn why they were commended for faith. So that's your encouragement. Learn their stories and imitate their faith. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we're, we're inspired by these stories, maybe challenged by these stories. Father, you did such a great thing there. And so, Lord, I pray for each of us that we would learn these stories, take them to heart, and, 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 and to be one day commended for our faith. Father, help us to grow in our faith, to be strong in our faith, and remember that you can do all things. Father, that in you, nothing is impossible. Father, help us to increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. Enlarge our heart. Increase our capacity to trust you no matter what happens. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.